0: This will be our eighth and final lesson on the book of Jonah. We're going to start in Jonah chapter 4 and verse 4. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow, till he might see what would become of the city. A booth here is a booth of branches under which Jonah would wait the 40 days, hoping for the destruction of Nineveh. Jonah forgot that God spared him, though he was disobedient. Why shouldn't God do the same for Nineveh? So Jonah is preparing to wait 40 days, hoping the city would still be destroyed, in spite of the fact that they repented and turned to God. So now let's move on to verse 6. And the Lord God prepared a gourd. Notice, God prepared. Something we've, a theme we've uh, repeated several times in the book of Jonah. And God prepared, or God is in control. God is in control of situations. God is in control of the events in our lives. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. Notice God prepared a gourd, put it up over his head to give him a shadow of his head to deliver him from his grief. Even though Jonah didn't have the proper attitude, even though Jonah was rebelling against God, even though Jonah was hoping for the opposite of what God was wanting to happen, God still cared about Jonah. God still showed mercy to Jonah. God still provided for Jonah's needs. God meets our needs in spite of our attitudes. God is going to meet our needs, and Jonah had about the worst attitude you could possibly have at this moment, but God was meeting his need. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you are his child... God is going to supply your needs. Doesn't matter the attitude, he's going to supply the needs. So God meets our needs. Verse 6, we also notice that God prepared a gourd. God is in control. Uh, prepared the gourd for a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. We see God's mercy, we see God's love, we see God's provision. Now let's move on to verse 7. But God prepared a worm. Notice again, God prepared. God is in control. God is in control of the situations in our life. God is in control. If you notice, God, in verse 6 again, God prepared a gourd, put a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. God was giving Jonah time to repent. God was meeting his needs. God was showing mercy. God was showing love. God's provision. God was meeting his needs. But God was also giving Jonah some time to repent, giving Jonah some time to think about it. I'll give. I'll put a shadow over his head. I'll give him some pleasant time, some relaxing time, non-in-the-sun, non-hot time. I'll give him some time to Think about this. Give him some time to repent. But now it says in verse 7, But God prepared a worm. God is in control. When the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd, that it withered. God gives us time to repent, and then he must chastise us if we are his children. Verse seven's a good indication to us that Jonah was his child, that Jonah was saved, that Jonah was his child because God was exercising chastisement now upon Jonah. Hebrews twelve six tells us, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receive. In verse 7, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards, and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits, and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasures, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, after it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. God was chastening Jonah because Jonah was God's child. Jonah was God's son. So God was giving Jonah some time to repent in verse 6, providing for his needs. But then God is still in control. And God was chastening Jonah to try to bring him back to him. He was going after that, that lost sheep and trying to bring him back, trying to turn him, his spirit back to him. Now let's go ahead and look at verse 8. Now you'll, know, you'll notice something that was said in verse 6, verse 7, and verse 8. And it came to pass when the sun did rise that God prepared. God is in control. And it came to pass when the sun did rise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah is still receiving that chastisement. God prepared a vehement east wind. God is in absolute control of all the events, all the situations that's going on in Jonah's life at this moment. And then he said he wished in himself to die and said it is better for me to die than to live. Here we go again. He's getting so upset and so angry and so mad that he did not get his way, that God dare spare the city of Nineveh that God dare spare their lives and repent of the evil he had done upon them. The condition was, if they did not repent, judgment was going to come. They did repent. Judgment was spared. Jonah didn't like that. Jonah had such a deep hatred towards the Ninevites that he was allowing that to affect his relationship with the Lord. Do we have things in our life that we let in, that we allow to affect our relationship with the Lord? Do we have sins in our life that we let in, that we allow to affect our relationship with the Lord? Do we have animosity in our hearts to other people that we allow to affect our relationship to the Lord? Do we have attitudes, animosity, anger, maybe bitterness directed to other people, and that is affecting our relationship with the Lord, it is affecting our spiritual life? Then we need to make those things right. We need to make those things right with God. We need to confess those sins to God. If we have things we are allowing to affect our relationship with God, then we need to get those things settled, fixed, confessed, repented of immediately. Because the most important relationship we have is our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to make sure we have a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you have not accepted him as your Savior, if you do not have a relationship at all, you need to call on him and accept him as your Savior. You need to admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Need to admit that you have no way to heaven on your own. You cannot earn your way to heaven. Ephesians 2.8-9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We cannot work our way to heaven. Nothing we do can get us to heaven. Need to understand and accept that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin on the cross Romans 5, 8 says, But God committeth his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. You need to call on him to be your Savior and be saved. You need to establish that relationship with Christ, maintain that relationship with Christ, and make sure nothing in our life is affecting our relationship with Christ. Now, getting back to Jonah, if we remember, Jonah was allowing something to happen in his life. He was allowing these situations in his life the cause and to damage his relationship with the Lord. And by allowing this to mess up his relationship to the Lord, it motivated him to run from the Lord. He finally, after three days in the belly of the great fish, submitted unto the Lord, prayed to the Lord, repented, did exactly as the Lord wanted him to do. And then after the, the people repented and turned to God, here he has ever since then been waiting, hoping that God would still destroy them. God hasn't destroyed them. Now he's gone in such a deep depression, anger, bitterness, towards the situation and towards God, that he says, I do well to be angry, even unto death. He says, I'm just going to be angry till I die of this. I'm just going to be so angry with God. Something else I want you to notice, though. In verse 4, the first verse we we read, Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? God was giving Jonah a chance to repent. God was giving Jonah a chance to repent of his anger, of his bitterness, of his attitude. God was giving Jonah a chance to repent. And then you see Jonah waited on the outside of the city in verse 5, hoping for judgment to come. Verse 6, God prepared a gourd. God is giving him more chances to repent. And then Jonah didn't repent, and God had to bring about some chastisement. And God caused the gourd to wither away and go away. He caused a vehement east wind to come, which is known for being extremely hot. And God brought on some chastisement. God was in control. You see verse 4 again, doest thou well to be angry, that's chance number one, to repent. And then verse 9, we see it again. Doest thou well to be angry? Then we look at verse 10. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? God was giving Jonah An object lesson. God, if you notice, God's compassion. Then said the Lord, thou hast had pity on the gourd. God had pity on Nineveh. God's compassion, he was showing his compassion to Nineveh. Just as Jonah was showing compassion to the gourd, God was showing compassion to Nineveh. God gave Jonah a second chance again to repent. So just like God gave Jonah a second chance to repent, he wanted to give Nineveh a second chance to repent. Jonah here was living a very self-centered life instead of living a God-centered life. Jonah was focused on him and how things affected him instead of looking at the big picture. God here was trying to give Jonah, or God did give Jonah an object lesson using the gourd. He was trying to teach Jonah the important truth. If Jonah was justified, And being so upset about the loss of a plant, Jonah was very upset about the loss of this gourd. We see that in verse 8. And it came to pass, when the sun did rise, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted and he wished in himself to die. And he said, it's better for me to die than to live. Jonah was so upset about the loss of this plant, to whose existence he had contributed nothing, was not God justified in showing love and concern for the people of Nineveh, whom he had created? The population, like we mentioned before, must have been around 600,000 at this point. Now for some concluding thoughts about the book of Jonah. God gave the commission. God raised the storm. God prepared the fish which swallowed the prophet. God caused him to cast him forth onto dry ground. God gave him a fresh commission. God carried him to the place of his destination. God miraculously produced a sheltering gourd. God caused the gourd to wither again. God brought the blistering east wind. God gave Jonah the second chance to repent. And then God gave Jonah the object lesson with the gourd. All throughout this book, we see God's mercy and we see that God is in control of the situation. God's mercy and God is in control. God wants to demonstrate his mercy to your life and God is in control. God is in control of situations and God wants to give us mercy. God is also saying to a great many people today, I want you to go and take the word of God to those who are lost. But then they might say, but I don't love them, like Jonah was saying. But God says, I never asked you to love them. I asked you to go. I cannot find anywhere that God ever asked Jonah to go because he loved the Ninevites. He said, Jonah, I want you to go because I love them. I love the Ninevites. It doesn't matter if Jonah loves them. God loves them, and God wants the witness to go. God wants the witness to go so they can repent, so they can receive the salvation. I don't remember anywhere in the Great Commission in the New Testament where Jesus is telling us to go That he says you must love them first. Jesus wants us to go because he loved them. God is saying to us, God is saying to everyone, you go with the word, you go fulfill the Great Commission because I love the lost. You take the word to them, you witness to them, you get them saved, and then you will love them too, but don't go because you love them first you go because I loved them first. Now, since Jonah wrote this book, I think it's reasonable to say that after this experience, Jonah left the dead gourd, and Jonah may have went down into the streets of Nineveh. I think Jonah may have even possibly rejoiced with them, rejoiced that they'd come to the saving knowledge of God. My friend, why don't you get involved in getting the word of God out to people? Don't wait for some great feeling of emotion to sweep your soul. There are so many people waiting to be motivated by things would he be motivated by emotion? Just fulfill the Great Commission. Take the word of God to them, because God loves them. And once you do that, I guarantee you will grow a love for them. But just take the word, because God told us to take the word. God loves them, and we should be fulfilling his Great Commission, as found in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen 18-20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven. And in earth, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world.